are now listening to an inspirational message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where Dr. Michael Wesley Sr. is pastor. Please join the service in progress. desires you to be? Do you, can, can you imagine becoming who God when he, when he sat down and thought I'm going to make you and I'm going to make you this kind of person and I'm going to allow you to do these things and I want you to become this person and I want you to do all of this doing your 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years on the earth. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Listen to that. Can we just worship right there? Can we just worship? I want to, let, let, let me tell you what I want you to do. Let me tell you what I want you to do. I just, I, I just want you to pray right now. 
I just want you to just talk that out. God, I want to be who you want me to be. I want, I want, I want it to manifest. I want it to show up. I, I, I want to be that person. I want to be that light. I want to live that way. Come on now, everybody's saying that together. Everybody's saying that. Come on, we ain't on no script today. We praising God. Yeah. Come on, you sing it. What? In the audience. Come on, let me hear the audience. Come on, you talking to God. You're not talking to your neighbor now. You're talking to God. What God desires me to be. One more time, one more time, one more time. I am what God desires me to be. Now just tell him thank you, tell him thank you. Tell him thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, do you know you, 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 would, be, you would be dangerous you would be dangerous. Why? If we could become who God desires me to be. Well, that's, that's staggering. Man, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You, you, you know what? Ooh. Man, we, see, we, we, we're not going to be the same in here. Because we're we going we, we to move past. We're going to move past the pretense. And we're going to become authentically the people God wants us to be. You know, wow. I'm ready now. <clears throat> Father, thank you for this time now in your presence. Thank you for the revelation of that thought. Give it birth in each one of our lives who we can be. The head and not the tail. God. Who you designed. Not, not who we became, but who you intended. You didn't make a mistake. You didn't miss plan for us plans for good and not evil to give us a future and a hope to bless us to be the children of the most high God to walk in the light as you are the light God to live in such a way no barriers no mountains too high, no valleys too low, no circumstances, no excuses. Just becoming who you called us out to be. And we know we can, we know we can be it. We look around us and we see it. Thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you, it's all right to, to worship. It's, it's all right to worship. And when we, when we learn how to do that and be in that space, it's not going to matter who or what. Because we know. And a tree is just a tree. That's what God made it to be. 
You don't find a tree trying to be a car. And you don't find a cat <laughs> trying to be a mule. They just be what God called them to be. And what God designed them to be. I almost don't want to preach this. Mm. Wow. Wow. All right. Lord, would you give it if I had to go there? Would you do it, Lord? Would you do it? God, I believe you. Take us off script. Go.
Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then I want to turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15, chapter 6. Five. Where you go? Chapter five. Verse thirteen. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? And then verse fourteen. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. This is the word of God for the people of God. You are who you are, and I am who I am. That's the point. You are who you are, and I am who I am. And it's because that's who God made us. God, by nature, does what no one else can do. God is a creator. That is, he take nothing and he makes something. Most of us repurpose things. We can repurpose a meal. We can repurpose food. We can repurpose clothing. But we didn't make it. We just reuse it for what we want to use it for. But God is different. God is creator. He, he takes nothing and he makes something. The opening verses here doesn't seek to prove the existence of God. It assumes that we understand that he is. The text doesn't put God in a test tube and try to explain his pre-existent condition. It just gives us a word of faith and says, in the beginning, whatever that beginning was, whenever that beginning was, in the beginning, God. In other words, he, he existed before there was a beginning. He, he existed always, and he will exist after time. Time itself is a creation of God. And we see the opening act of that creation, as the scriptures say, in the beginning, God created the heaven, the physical heavens and the spiritual realm, God created that. In other words, it didn't exist before God decided that it was time for it to happen. And he created the physical earth. I know that we've been in school and we've been taught a lot of science. And we've been taught the theory of evolution, how the world evolved and, and how there was a big bang and the world exploded into existence, but somebody had to cause the bang to bang. And that was God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Look, look now, there was nothing here. Show you who he is. The earth was dark. The world, the earth was void. That is, what nothing there. And darkness was on the face of the deep. There was no light. There was no nothing. 
and the Spirit of God. Now look now, because I want you to understand, the Spirit of God did not show up on Pentecost. Spirit of God has always existed because the Spirit of God is a part of who God is. God the Father, who is, in theological terms, the Almago Day. The Spirit and the Son, all three existed in this pre-created world. Or created realm because it wasn't a world. And God looked at this. The Spirit of God hovered over. Didn't you not feel the Spirit of God just hover over and just move? See, you can't. Jesus was trying to explain that to Nicodemus one day, and he said to Nicodemus, he said, the spirit moves like he wants to. You, you, it's, it's like the wind. You can't see it coming, and you can't tell where it's going, but you can feel the effects of it when he rests on you. And the spirit of God hovered over, over the darkness and, 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 and the logos. The voice, the word of God spoke. And God said, let there be light. Now, I, 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 I don't know, have you ever spoken in the dark or not? But it just doesn't move or change when I speak in it. But when God spoke, darkness had to find a hiding place. But God said, let there be what? And there was light. So, so light is a creation of God. And, and, and the text explains how everything that we see came into being. That, that, was, that was darkness on the earth. And God said, let there be light. And, and there was light. And, and God then separated the darkness from the light. And the darkness he called the night, and the light he called day. Okay? And, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And then God did something else. And on the second day, he separated the upper atmosphere. See, we got uh, up, up in there uh, clouds and, and, and vapors and, and gases and things that's called the, the atmosphere or the upper heavens. God separated the heavens into tears. If you notice, if you ever fly out, flown on an airplane, you, you go up and, and you break through the cloud. You're not out of space, but you, you're out of the upper, out of the earth's immediate gravitational pull in that sense. And you can continue to go all the way up until you get beyond what gravity is able to deal with. That's what they, why they call those men when they carry them out of space. They Weightlessness. They get beyond the pull of gravity. But they still haven't reached God. And all of that realm that's up there, God created it. Called that the upper and firmament. And God separated the upper firmament from the lower firmament. And God separated the waters from the dry land. Look at what he was doing. He was setting us up. He was setting up a world that you and I could live in. And he went on to do it. And, 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 and the third day, he, he, he made vegetation. And, and he created a, a blooming variety of, of plants and, and living things. So that other things, other species, as he bring them into being, would have something that they could eat. Not only does he create, he provides. He provides for his creation in the process of creating it. He doesn't react to the creation. He creates, he intentionally masterminds and decides and lays out what it's going to be. And so he created the vegetation. And then he created the, the, the marine life. He created the waters. And, and he speaks to the waters and things start swimming. And God. And he put seaweed down there. And he put little fish that could be eaten by bigger fish. 
and bigger fish that could be eaten by an even larger fish. And he set up the whole system. And then he looked back at the land and he started working on it. Started calling us and animals to roam. And animals and trees. He spoke to the ground one day and said, bring forth. And trees stood up and saluted. Mountains stood up. He stomped his foot and valleys were made. That's our God. He was setting it all up. And in six, five days, he had built a wonderful environment for life to take place. And on the sixth day, he made the man, the human. Now look at what he did when he got to the sixth day. The scriptures say he spoke to himself this time. All the other days, it just say, and God said. So God was doing the speaking and stuff was responding. He said, let there be light, and immediately there was light. He said, separate me the light from the darkness, and immediately there was separation. Separate me the upper atmosphere from the lower atmosphere, and immediately there was separation. Separate me the dry ground from the water, and immediately there was separation. But now he comes to day six, and he said, let us. He called a council of himself. I'm trying to show you that the existence of God has always existed in the three forms that we worship today, Father, Son, and Spirit. When he said, let us, he wasn't talking to himself. He was talking to the Son and to the Spirit. And he said, let us make man in our image. Now, look at what God had been doing. Everything up to this point, when God said, let it be, it happened. Now, when he calls this counsel of himself and he said, let us make man in our image, immediately, bam, out jumped man. God is a spirit. So when God speaks man into existence, man comes out in pure spirit form. But God knows that the man cannot live and do what God wants him to do in pure spirit form. So God goes to the soil and he scoops out of the soil dust and he forms a body. And he blows into that body the spirit essence. And man becomes a living soul. We're talking about manifest now. We're talking about being what God wants us to be. And, and, and so God wants you to live in a human body so that you can live and serve him. What's the purpose of him putting you on earth? One, he put you here. To be the recipient of his love. So you don't ever have to worry about whether or not God loves you. If you showed up on this side of the birth canal, you are here because God wants you to be here. And because God already wants you to be the recipient of his love. So you don't, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say, Lord, love me. Because God made you to be and to receive his love. And so when we sang just a minute ago, I want to be what you want me to be. That what you desire me to be. He desires me to be a loving person. He desires me to be to be a receiver of his love, and then to give that love back. And then watch what he does. He created us in this form because he knew what was going to happen. He knew that the first man was going to mess up. And so God fixed it up right then and there that we would never die because a part of us come from the dust and a part of us came from him. The spirit came from him. The body came from where? The dust. Are you watching this? Later on when Adam messed up and God speaks to him in the cool of the day, God says to him, because you have done this, in other words, your part in being disobedient to me, from the dust you came, that is your body, 
from the dust it shall return. But what happens to the spirit? God had made a provision for that. The spirit did not come from the dust. The spirit came from where? So when there is a separation at the point of physical death, the body returns to the ground from which it came and the spirit goes where? To the God who gave it. And because later the son came to the earth and experienced physical death but overcame it by getting up the third day, God demonstrates that he has a plan that one day he's going to put that, res that physical body that went into the ground back together with that physical, that spirit, and it's going to change forms and then be able to live like God in the realm, in that other realm, in that other heaven, forever and ever in the presence of God. He had a plan, and it was his plan all along. Now, what you got to understand is what's supposed to happen to us now that we got this life, now that we got this spirit, now that we got this body. And we come to the New Testament, and we hear the teaching of Jesus, and we find out what God wants us to be. He says, you are the salt of the earth. In other words, what, what does salt do? Salt, salt preserves, right? That's the first purpose. See, in, in those days when, when Jesus was on the earth, they didn't have refrigerators. And, and they couldn't keep meat in storage place. So when they killed an animal, they would take salt and they would rub the salt into the meat to slow down the decay, to keep meat from rottening. So the salt was intended to be a preserver. Now listen, listen. Jesus said you, meaning Christian people, are the salt of the earth. You have been rubbed into the earth to be a preserver. Listen. When the Christians are taken out, first Bible, Bible student, first Thessalonians chapter 4, when, when the church will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, the book of Revelation says it's not going to take but seven years for the whole thing to be destroyed because the preserver has been removed. So in, in your family... You have been rubbed in there. That's, that's why some of you in the family are Christian. And that's why some people in your family are not Christian. But you have been rubbed in there to be a preserver. That's, that's, that's why you live in the community you live in. You've been rubbed in there to be a preserver. You, you've been rubbed in this nation to be a preserver. You're the salt earth. Not only the salt preserved. But what's another quality of salt? Salt does what? When you sprinkle a little salt on your food, it does what? It flavors. God. You, you have been created to be flavor. You, you, you're created to make the world taste better. You, you've been created to make your family taste better. You know you got some bitter folk in your family. <laughs> You know you got some people, man, that, that other folk can't stand, but you have been placed there to be a flavorer, to liven it up, to make it better. And, and so you are the salt of the earth. You've been put in the earth to make the world taste better. And, and let's look at another characteristic of salt. What else? Salt, salt not only preserves and, and, and flavors, but, but, but salt is, is, is an antiseptic. It stings. You get salt in a wound, and, and that, that's, that stings because of the antiseptic characteristic of salt. So now, that, that, that's why some people can't hound you <laughs> because you sting them. <laughs> 
They can't, they can't always handle the truth that you bring because you have not only been there to preserve them, but also to clean their womb, to steam. And, 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 and that's who you are. Salt also is, is, is white, isn't it? In Jesus' day, it probably wasn't white. It looked just like the sand. It probably had a brown flavor, but it sparkles. It shines. It, it, it sticks out. It stands out separate from the rest. And so you have been placed in the earth to stand out, to sparkle there, to be a preserver, to be a flavorer, to preserve the communities and families and world in which you're in. That's what the church is. The church has been rubbed into the world to slow down the decay, the decay, the rottening. And we can see the rottening increasing day by day. You're seeing stuff every day that we've never seen before. You're hearing stuff you never heard before. But the world will continue to exist as long as the salt is in the earth. But when the salt is taken out, then the world will be destroyed. Now, now the, the challenge for the Christian is to, is, to, is to protect and to remain salty. <laughs> you you got to protect the very nature that you have been given. Because the warning that Jesus gives... If the salt loses its savor, its saltiness, then it's good for nothing but to be cast out and trampled under the foot of men. So, so we have to protect the very nature that God has given to us. And that's why, look, see, we're so busy trying to be like the world when God has put us here to influence the world. We're here to preserve the world. We're here to make the world taste better. But we're so busy trying to be like the world. And that's why, that's why we're losing the saltiness. We're losing the savor. And that's why there's been a reduction in the power of the church. Because the church don't want to praise like we just praised. The church doesn't want to pray like we uh, have been praying. The church doesn't want to preach and teach just let the word of God just turn loose and, and let it go. And as a result, we're losing the savor. And once the savor has been lost then even the church would be good for nothing but to be cast under the foot of men. But Jesus wasn't through. He said, not only are you the salt of the earth, but he says, you are the light of the world. Now, surely he did not mean the original light because when the world was dark and void and he stepped out of nowhere, he said, let there be what? Light. So he put physical light in the earth. He put the luminaries in the sky. He put the sun to be the king of the day and dressed the moon to be the queen of the night. He put stars in the heavens to be the luminaries physically for the world. But he put you and me as Christians in the world to be spiritual light in this spiritually dark world. The world has the physical light, but you have been called to be what? Spiritual light. And so, 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 so the question is whether or not you own. See? The, the, the question is not whether or not you are light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. The only question is, is the switch on? See, are, 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 you, are you functioning? Are you carrying out? Are you manifesting the intent that God 
put you here for? You to be light. Are, are you light in the house? I know Alabama Power supplies the plugs and the, the juice, but are you the one that God put there to be the light? Are, are, are you that light on the job? Are you that light among your homeboys and your sister girls? Are you that light? See, I, I, re, I remember, man, even when I was a, a, a student in, in college, man, God was preserving me. I didn't know it. I didn't understand it. I knew, I felt that I probably had been called when I was a young boy, eight, nine, ten, and I would ask people, how do you know? And no one could never give me a satisfactory answer. And when I went away to school, I thought I had gotten away. I was in the far country, and I thought, that I could do what I wanted to do. But the Lord let me know you were still light in, in, in the dark. He, he, would, he would save me. I, I, I would be the one to have to drive the bros home after the party. Are y'all hearing me? I, my, my room would be the one where the boys would come and want to talk about things spiritually that was going on. And then at that time I showed up in that Buddhist worship service and the Lord definitely spoke to my heart that changed my life. These boys came to the dorm one night and they said, uh, if you boys could say this one word, you can have anything you want. And we were hungry. So we thought a bucket of chicken and a quarter bill would be great. I'm talking about a college student. And, and we went with them. And we went to the apartment. And when we got to the apartment, they had pillows on the floor. And incense was burning. I said, ah, oh, let's see what else they got in mind. And the guy came out of the back, and he had a scroll that I later understood was a Gehanza. And he pulled it up and put it on the wall. And he said, what you're to do, you're to bow. And you're to repeat this word, yo ho range kyo. And think about what you want. So, man, we started, man. I included, I was down there going, yo ho range kyo, yo ho range. In darkness. But in the middle of all of that, I heard the voice of my old pastor. It was the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know the Holy Spirit at that time. Speaking to me, and he said, I am the Lord your God, and I am a jealous God, and thou shalt have no other God before me. And the light went on. And I, I, I hit my butt and I said, come on, man, let's get out of here. He said, what, man, you don't, you don't want the chicken, you don't want the beer? I said, man, come on, let's get out of here. And we got out. He said, what's wrong? I said, man, we're in a strange worship service. He said, how you know? I said, I heard the voice of my pastor. And from that moment on, I knew that I was to be light in the dark. And the question, see, the question is not that I have to make myself shine. The only issue is, am I on? And the only issue is, are you on? See, a little light in darkness changes everything. Take out your cell phone in dark and you can find the key. You can find the key. Flick a bick, strike a match in the darkness and immediately you change the darkness by being the light. So Jesus say, not only are you the salt of the earth, he says you are also the what? The light of the world. So the question today is, if you're going to manifest yourself, if you're going to be who God would have you to be, are you preserving? Are you flavoring? Are you stinging? Are you glistening? Are you shining? 
Are you on? Are you giving light? See, light not only represents physical light, but light also represents truth. Are you a truth teller? Are you bringing light, enlightenment to people who are still in great darkness? You got folk who sit around every day and they want to debate over this and debate over that. Paul says, listen, don't get lost in those petty arguments. Say it'll be like gangrene to you. It'll eat away at your very soul. Just simply be the light. Tell the truth. Tell people what's going on. What's wrong with this world? It's not Pookie. It's not Nene. It's a lack of knowledge. They don't know who Jesus is. And because they don't know who Jesus is, they can't be like Jesus. Even when it comes to church, everybody can't worship. Unbelievers can only observe believers worship so it's time for us to be the light it's time to shine it's time to sing of the love of God it's time to sing of his goodness it's time to praise him unashamedly and to know that when you are doing that you are being the light of the world you are being the salt of the earth you are doing what God is giving you to do I learned a song when I was a kid and you learned it too it said this little what I'm gonna let it shine where everywhere I go I'm gonna let it shine I'm not gonna make it shine I'm just gonna what let it shine I'm gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine all in my room I'm just gonna what let it shine all in my neighborhood I'm gonna what let it shine all on my job I'm just gonna let it shine let it shine let it shine let it shine and that's what God is calling for you today to do and to be if you're gonna be who God wants you to be in your clothes right now there's a label in the back of your shirt your suit your dress, and it has the name of the maker in the back of your neck. Invisible to human eyes is a label that say who made you. If you've been made by God, if you've been made for his purpose, then you ought not be ashamed of who you are. Listen at what Jesus said. If you are ashamed to own me before men, then I would be ashamed to own you before my Father, which is in heaven. So it's time now. It's time now to understand who you are. And you don't have to, you don't have to worry about the trouble of the world. You don't have to worry about what people say. You don't have to worry about what people do because you are safe. You, you, are, you are safe. You are safe in the arms of Jesus. Listen, listen to what Jesus said. He said, once you are in my hand, he said, no one can pluck you out. No one can snatch you away. You are secure. You are safe and secure from all alarms. You know what that is, don't it? To be safe. I used to play ball. And, and, and sometimes we'd go around second base and we'd come sliding in. And the referee, the umpire be right there and he'll say, safe. And you stand up with that smile, man, because you knew you had made it. Because you were safe. Anybody here safe today? Are, are, are you safe? Are, are, are you secure? I mean, yeah, trouble may rise, but I'm still safe. Darkness may come, but I'm still 
safe. Sickness may come, but I'm still safe. Friends may walk out, but I'm still safe. Enemies may jump on my back, but I'm still safe. You may call me anything but a child of God, but call me what you want to say what you want to. I'm still safe. I'm safe in his arms. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful that I know who I am. I am the son of the earth. I am a light in this world. I have been made by the maker, the creator of the ends of the earth. None other than God himself. Safe and secured by the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's how I want to manifest myself. And so now I'm going to give you an opportunity if you're here today and you're outside of God's family, and you're not sure, I want to tell you, you can be safe today. You can invite Jesus in. You can sit where you are, and you can pray. You can say, God, forgive me. I haven't been who you want me to be. I haven't been salt. I haven't been light. I haven't been telling the truth. I haven't been leading people to the light, but today, Today, I want to begin. I want you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to be the man, the woman, the boy, the girl you want me to be. And I want to begin a new life with you. Doors open. Doors of the church open. Doors of the church open.
so safe. I'm so safe. I'm so safe. I thank God. I thank God every day for the security, for the assurance that I'm still in his arms. Even when I don't feel like it, I'm still safe. I know the Lord is my shepherd. I know that God is on my side. I know God got me in his care. And I'm so glad about it today. I can't hold it. Can't help it. Got a shot from the mountaintop. the service today made himself manifest we're going to let you out now we're going to let you go home so we're going to stand hope you enjoyed the broadcast you have been listening to a message from the greater shallow missionary baptist church where we are reaching the world for christ located at 2135 jefferson avenue southwest birmingham alabama 35211 for a copy of a cd or dvd you can reach us at 205-925-5972 or visit us on the web at www.greatershallow.org for an uplifting message. Please join us for the next broadcast.